Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. All right. So, have you guys... I, I, Louis Black, the comedian, had this brilliant album that he did... Uh, and the, the album was called Anticipation. And the setup for the entire stand-up routine was drink in the moment. He comes out and he tells the crowd, drink in this moment. This is as good as it's going to get. There is no high higher than the anticipation of the moment that you're about to have because anticipation is hope and reality really kind of sucks. And I hate to be negative, but I was doing a lot of reading today. I had a lot of things I wanted to say on the radio today. A lot of points I wanted to make. Some points that I think were just brilliant. That's my ego talking. I rarely let my ego run as free as it was, but I was really genuinely excited about all the things that I had to say on the radio today. And then a gigantic wrecking ball comes through all of my plans, all of my show prep. Because Stephen Waggispack just told the board of the Louisiana Association of Business and Industry that, yes, he is running for governor. So all of that hard work, all of those brilliant talking points that I had about various issues of the day, out the window. Because now we got to talk about this. I am a political junkie. I I readily admit it. I am a political junkie. I had a Democratic strategist sitting across the way from me yesterday, and I enjoyed talking to him about the nerdy political strategy stuff. That's what I like to do. That's why I sit here and read polls and tell you guys this information and do the analysis. I'm not going to be Bongino. I'm not going to be Moon. I'm not going to sit here and just give you the raw red meat stuff. I'm going to sit here and give you my analysis of each and every news story as it comes in. And sometimes you do have to admit that your addiction is a problem. And this is one of those days because I've gotten to the point where wanting to get so much of the information about the governor's race and give that to y'all, I'm now exhausted. I didn't need Stephen Waggispack to jump in. I didn't need him to, to throw his hat into the proverbial ring. I needed everybody to take a breather. And let us acclimate to the new reality that is Sean Wilson jumping in. But nope, Sean Wilson jumps in. Garrett Graves says he's out. Stephen Waggispack jumps in. And this is the reality that we have to deal with. This is what we have to address now. And I did address this a good bit on Moon's show yesterday when I was filling in for him. But, but, but. It's a lot. Five Republicans in the field. Five. Five Republicans 
in the field, an independent and a Democrat. At this point, Sean Wilson's team can just sit back. They can run their playbook. They can be happy knowing that the Republicans are going to be bickering at each other because the Republicans can't seem to get it under control. Because the, the big business interests in the state of Louisiana, they don't like Jeff Landry, so they want, they, they've been wanting to find somebody who could be kind of that moderate voice in there. Now, Sharon Hewitt was going to be that moderating voice. It's true. She is the moderate Republican in the race. She is not a heavy hitter in terms of, of conservative politics. She's fairly tame. Richard Nelson, he's very new to the, to the Louisiana political scene. I'm not exactly sure what he brings to the table, but some of the ideas that he's expressed, I'm interested in. Jeff Landry, you know he's the conservative fighter. He is the culture fighter. I'm interested to see if, if he can actually address the governing issues. Because it's one thing to be an attorney general and launch lawsuits based on culture war stuff. It's another thing entirely to talk about actual governance issues in bringing the state forward. And John Schroeder, the state treasurer, has an insight into the fiscal mess that is Louisiana's uh, governance. We have a lot of different things to address in the state, and each one of these candidates can do it. Stephen Waggispat can do it. He is the essentially the president, or he was up until today, he's resigning his position with lobby, but he was the president of the largest lobbying firm, basically, in the state. He lobbies the business interest. And the fact of the matter is lobby. See, it's right there in the name. Lobby. Lobby. Get it? Lobby has been representing big business interests. See, there's been this trend in the Republican Party establishment from the national on down to state levels. There's been this trend that being business friendly means that the bigger the business, the better the economic development. So we need to bring those into our states. We need to let them grow. But that usually comes at the expense of Main Street. Wall Street always comes at the expense of Main Street. And this is one of those times. Big business, when you bring in economic development for big business, local business suffers. Yes, they do bring in new jobs. They hire more people, bring people more bring more people into the state for their highly specialized needs at whatever firm they're trying to build. But at the same time, the local market does suffer because big businesses tend to drown out local competitors. It's true. And as more and more assets get shifted over, more and more breaks get shifted over to the big businesses, the businesses on our main street suffer. And that's the problem we have right now is the president of the big business lobbying firm, Lobby, is now jumping into the governor's race at a time when there were already four Republicans in the race. I'm fine with Waggis Pack running. I'm fine with any of the candidates running right now. I think that they would be a damn sight better than the, than the Democrats. Any Democrat, including Sean Wilson in that race. But I got to tell you, Stephen Waggispack needs to learn how to talk about small business, how to talk about local business, because it is a major, major problem. We are not losing people in this state because our local businesses aren't thriving. We are losing people 
in this state because there is no growth anywhere. There is no opportunity anywhere. The big business firms come in, they get huge tax breaks, and they pack up and leave. And with them goes all the people they were hiring and bringing in in the first place, if those jobs were even actually created. So all the attention, all the focus gets thrown to these big businesses, to these big firms, and Main Street gets neglected. And there are a lot of towns and a lot of cities in Louisiana that just can't handle that. There are parts of I-49 that are just absolutely dead, and it's not because it's nothing but trees on the side of the road. It is the various cities and the various towns along I-49, along I-10, that are struggling to grow or shrinking because there is no development in the local business community. We need to fix that. And I'm not sure, frankly, that the big business advocate, Stephen Wagspack, is the right way to go here. If he can learn to talk small business, if he can provide proof that he cares about Main Street, not just Wall Street, all right. I say give him the chance. But we have a very crowded field right now. And it's only going to get more complicated as things go along. Because remember, remember, through all this, we also have the issue of time and the issue of money. There are seven months until the election. Stephen Wagspack just jumped in. Now, he may have some access to some PAC money. I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But that still actually doesn't help him. He can only expect to, I don't know, one out of every $3 to really be effective if the money is going to come to him in the way it looks like it's going to come to him. But we're going to talk about all that and more here in just a moment. On the Joe Cunningham Show, well, let's take this break. Your calls, your comments on the KPL app chat, 232-1542 if you want to call in. We'll be back right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. So Stephen Wagaspak jumping in. Now, he's going to face the same problems that all the other non-Jeff Landry candidates are facing right now, and that, that is money. However, he has ties to the business community. The others do not. And so there is an effort behind the scenes to try to get him some money. This is from Jeremy Alford uh, earlier today in La Politics Weekly. Um. Some donors simply don't want to run the risk of donating against Attorney General Jeff Landry. That's why Wagspack supporters are running initial donations through a 501c4 to protect the identity of donors. Architects behind the C4 hope to have as much as $2.5 million in the bank by the end of the week, which will then be used in part to underwrite a super PAC to support Wagspack's efforts. The pro-Wags crowd will have to keep pushing because the next campaign finance reports are due in early April, which is just around the corner. million by the end of the week, and that's hopeful. Here's the deal, though. And I know I've said this before. I even said it yesterday, but it's an important thing to note, which is why Jeff Landry is sitting so high on a lot of money, not just PAC money, not just political group money, but his own. Jeff Landry, as a candidate, his campaign can make that money stretch a lot farther. By election law, candidates have to be charged the lowest possible ad rate. 
political action committees don't. What often happens, you see this a lot at the national level, but you also kind of see it at the state level too. What happens with political action committees is that they hire on all these consultants, and these consultants get paid by commission. They get paid by ad buy. They always get a piece of whatever they spend, so the more they spend, the more they make. And oftentimes, to cut costs, those those consultants will skimp on the quality stuff in order to just flood the zone with more ads. So as a result, you get a lot of low-quality ads that get thrown out there. Consultants make a pretty penny, and candidates don't get the quality that they deserve. They don't get, they're not able to get their message through because the ad money doesn't stretch as far. They don't, the, the, again, the PACs can get charged top dollar for, for ad rates and campaigns. Uh, candidates don't. And the quality is usually way down versus what a campaign will actually put together. So, that 2.5 million may only come out to really be as effective as 1 million whereas Jeff Landry sitting on 2.5 million in his own campaign or whatever the number he has right now in his own campaign is can be stretched a lot farther in terms of ads he can flood the zone Wagaspacks 50501 uh, C4 can't and that's going to be a problem, not just for Wagaspack, but the others. Their message simply can't break through when Jeff Landry's dollars can be used to buy more. And he's going to buy more. He's going to have a ton of money to spend in this election cycle, and he's going to do it. He is absolutely going to flood the zone. He doesn't have to attack his opponents. All he has to do is drown them out, which is exactly what's going to happen. The other factor here, and this is going to be the one that has kind of national focus, and Alford mentions this as well, is what impact is Donald Trump going to play? Because Donald Trump is a candidate for president right now. This is really the last campaign cycle where Trump's strength as a kingmaker will be in play. Now, 2022, November 2022, was not that great for Trump. It was not. His candidates did not do very well at all when it came to critical races. How much of an influence will Trump have on this race? He's backing Jeff Landry. It seems like Landry's an odds-on favorite. But if one of Trump's rivals were to come in and back somebody else and that candidate does better than expected, that bodes well for that non-Trump presidential candidate. Or if you really want to negate it, Ron DeSantis come in, also back Jeff Landry, negates Donald Trump's ability to claim victory for Jeff Landry. Either one of those scenarios could happen. And I imagine that everybody involved is looking at those scenarios. It's a win-win for Landry. He gets the popularity of presidential candidates endorsing him. It would hurt Donald Trump. It would help Ron DeSantis or whoever else decides to come in. But there are some serious problems right now on the money front. The non-Jeff Landry candidates do not have a whole lot of money to go around. Wagaspak probably has the potential to access most of it because of his ties to the business community, especially, like I've been saying, the big business community. And that is going to be what ultimately helps him probably break away from the rest of the pack. 
But is it going to be enough to take on both Jeff Landry and Sean Wilson? Because Wilson now, Wilson now has John Bell Edwards' machine actively running to help him. And that's a big deal. 232-1542, we're going to take this break. When we come back, we'll have more on this and some other news stories of the day right here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, um, This governor's race, just one more point before I move on, because there was actually something I really wanted to talk about today. I think it's one of the the biggest stories that's not getting talked about at all. Um, One more point on the governor's race, though. And that is the fact that, like I said before the break, John Bill Edwards is throwing all of his might behind Wilson right now. Wilson is kind of the Democratic Party's hope. He is also pretty much the only candidate the Democrats could have run to begin with. There was nobody else who could really... uh, come across as the safe Democratic choice like Sean Wilson can. Wilson does need to, I think, work on his charisma a little bit, his messaging, uh, like I was talking with Stephen Hanwork yesterday. The messaging I don't hate, just strategically speaking. Um, But there is a lot that is still on the table here. The money situation. So let's... There is a large contingent of people pretty much centered in the Baton Rouge area and probably, you know, further east than that. Um, There's a contingent of the business community that sees Jeff Landry as too divisive, too extreme. Uh, They have questions. Like I was kind of mentioning before, uh, you know, in the first segment, um, one of the things that I want to see out of Landry is more on actual governance, his policies for governance and fixing the state. Um, he does well on the culture issues, but but can he can he talk about just from the attorney general's perspective? Does he have the experience to be able to turn around and say, "I want to do this, this, and this. I want to put these policies in place in order to turn the state around economically, start helping us grow again." I want to see more of that. The business community of Baton Rouge does not think he's capable of that. They think he's just kind of this culture warrior type, this Trumpy type. They don't want that. These are moderate Republicans at best. Uh, the Democrats are bad for business. Republicans are good for business. So they want a Republican, but they want one who is more in their line of thinking. Well, John Schroeder could be that, except he's a relative unknown. Congressman Garrett Graves could have been that. I mean, he had, he you know, a federal candidate. He's held federal office, relatively mild-mannered, but Graves didn't want it. And it's kind of a tenuous situation in Congress right now for the Republicans anyway. Waggis Pack fixed the bill. Because of access to money. The business community loves somebody who is a known quantity, and Waggis Pack has been an advocate for the business community. Now, can he turn that into an economic development plan that not only includes the big businesses and the big business money that's helping his campaign, but also the little guy? The businesses on Main Street, these restaurants in and around the country or in and around the state that are having to close because of economic conditions, stores that are having to close because of economic conditions. These mom and pop shops that aren't able to last as long as they were 10, 15 years ago because the economic situation is tough and Louisiana has stagnated. If he can come up with that as a message, maybe he could break through, but he needs more money and his campaign needs the cash. Not some super PAC, not some 501c4. His campaign directly needs the money in order to do so. 
I will tell you right now, I will tell you right now, any of the candidates I'd be fine voting for if they were in the runoff against Sean Wilson. I would. I don't know if I have a favorite right now. Actually, I will say this. My my heart kind of leans toward Richard Nelson, if I'm being honest. And I, I, I want to be honest with you. My heart leans toward Richard Nelson. I want a fresh face. I want fresh ideas. I like what he's saying. But he's not a known quantity. I understand that there's a risk with a relative unknown running for a job like that. But I, I, I like what Nelson brings to the table. I like the ideas he's bringing to the table. But any one of the candidates, I think, is very votable. Some more than others. I realize some of y'all are... are Probably think, well, he'd vote for Sharon Hewitt. How conservative can, or, or anything? No. The point is, I don't hate any of the candidates who are in right now. I question why some of them are in, but I don't hate any of the ones that are in right now. But the Republican Party, with wagons packed jumping in, the Republican Party has just made the Democratic Party very happy. Because there will be division. It's a five Republican candidate pool right now. That does not bode well for the Republican Party. They need to find a way to avoid attacking each other and focus their attention on the Democrats and focus their attention on making the state better, not focusing on attacking each other. I get the feeling that's not going to be the case. In which case, say it with me. If you're in the car, if you're at home listening, if you're at work, Everybody say it with me. Three, two, one. Republicans can snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. They are so very good at it. And, well, you'll get Sean Wilson. Maybe that's the governor the state deserves. I don't know. Maybe Sean Wilson will surprise us all and be a great governor. I don't know. But the Republican Party is hurting itself right now. Okay, so I want to switch gears entirely. Let's look away from the state. Actually, you know what? Somebody is nice enough to to call into the show, so I want to get them on the air before I switch gears here. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Hello? Hello. Yes. Yeah, who's this? Uh, This is Isaac. Hey, Isaac, how are you? Um, doing all right. I just turned on the radio and started a clip of the conversation. No, um, I got a question to ask you. Do you think we're just getting too many Republicans in the race? I, I think so, because it, it provides a lot more opportunity for Republican infighting. Right now, you have Jeff Landry, who the polling shows has a big lead uh, in terms of support, and the financial disclosure shows he has all the money, which means that you have four candidates vying to be the not-Jeff candidate. And in order to break through, they're going to have to try to drag Jeff Landry down and attack their Republican cohort instead of attacking the Democrats on the other side and actually trying to provide a plan as to what they would do to help the state improve. I think that's the Republicans' biggest issue right now is a repeat of 2015 and 2019, except with more Republicans in the race. You get me? Yeah, I, that's, what, that's where I'm coming to the point is that- where, Aggie, I just heard you say we're, we're taking this victory away and we might have Sean Wilson, but that was the strategy of John Bell Edwards going into his last two elections. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me get the Republicans to fight, 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 and I just sit back and I cru
And I, it, what gets me is, and look, I'm a, I'm a Republican. I understand. But this is starting to get ridiculous. Our state's never going to go forward, and the Democrats have found a way to win. And instead of us, hey, fixing the problem we we got, oh, I'm, we're just going to continue doing the same thing and ask for a different outcome. It ain't going to work. Yeah. No, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's really not even that the Democrats have figured out how to win. It's that we have figured out how to lose spectacularly. And it wasn't just 2019 with Ralph Abraham and Eddie Rispone. 20, uh, 20, uh, it wasn't 2019. 2015 was the same way. You had uh, Scott Angel and Jay Darden attacking David Vitter. And, really, and, and they were focusing all of their money on themselves. And it left John Bell Edwards with plenty of money to spend against David Vitter in the runoff. And it worked. Where it worked, like you said, it worked with uh, Rob Abraham as well. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Spoli, he didn't have to throw no attack, and he had all the money going into it. And he could get people upset uh, that uh, he went ahead and attacked Rob Abraham. They didn't go vote. Yep. A lot of their votes came from West Monroe area. Yep. And, and this, which I think we're, we're at the whole thing. We are dividing in They are dividing in conference. The Democrat board, look, there's only two Democrats in the race, and you only, you only know one. Mm-hmm. This is this is ridiculous in my humble opinion. Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Isaac, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. 232-1542 if anybody else wants to call in. Before I take this break, I want to kind of introduce what I'm going to talk about. There's a story from the Free Press. The Free Press is a website started by Barry Weiss, who used to be a, a writer at the New York Times, got tired of the very close-minded progressive newsroom. She's not a conservative by any means. Uh, but she is a lot more libertarian-minded in terms of free thought. She didn't like what the newsroom was doing, so she started the free press. And you actually get diversity of ideas from a lot of the reporting that the free press does. And there's a story today that gives you the history and the problems behind ESG, equality, uh, what is it, equality, uh, social, and governance, something like that. I, I forget what the letters stand for, but... um. But it's basically just a look at I mean, it's it's this investment strategy of only investing with comp, of, of only uh, investing in organizations that follow these specific guidelines. Well, there's a problem and the free press has explained it. So I'm going to talk about that for this last segment of the show. If you want to call in, uh, I see some folks calling in now, but to put you on hold, get to you after the break. Then I'll go over the ESG stuff. That's what, um, so just hang on callers on the line. If you want to call in, you can, or send a message to the KPL app chat. Let's take this break. We'll be back momentarily here on the Joe Cunningham show. News talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on news talk 96.5 KPL two three two fifteen forty two. If you want to jump in, we've got Ronald on the line now, Ronald, how are you today? Doing fine, sir. Doing fine. What you got? Man, um, I don't think we should vote for um, Jeff Landry because he go, he's just like uh, John Bad Elwood. They're not going to get anything done. That's the, that's the old politicians uh, going away with the same old stuff. I got, I, I got a brother in law enforcement here in Lafayette area, mm-hmm. uh, and between the Lafayette area and the Lake Charles area, and I got home tied in that Lafayette Paris jail, and nothing was done. I called the governor's office. I called the attorney general. Nothing was done. So then if they, if they can't do anything for citizens and a business owner here in Lafayette area, well, they're not going to do nothing for nobody. Wow. I, I'm here to tell you, sir, 
Do y'all? I'm letting I'm letting the listeners know now. Please do not vote for Jeff Landry because he's just like John Bud Elwood. They're not going to get nothing done. All they're going to do is grease their pockets with money. So who are you going That's for? It. Who 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 would you prefer in the governor's race? Huh? I'll prefer myself. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I think I can. I think I can run. I can run the state better than John Bud Elwood. I'm gonna get things done. You know, yeah. But we we putting we putting the same old people here, man, in, in the last state area, and they going with the old good old boy system, and that that system is doing it because we got a lot of great people here in the last state area mm-hmm. and all the surrounding areas, and so, we I know we got business owners could run could run this state way better than John Bell Edwards. So let me let me ask you let me ask you, Ronald, what party are you affiliated with? Are are you independent or are you actually registered Republican or Democrat? Uh, I'm independent, sir. To be honest, to you, I'm, uh, I'm the same way. I get it. Kinda, yeah, just you know, it's hard to now these days. It's hard to to, to put somebody in there because they're not going to do the right thing, sir. Mm-hmm. Look what happened to me. And I, I, all I wanted was my identity fixed and the, and the money I worked hard for on the job. And I couldn't get no act right from the last year police department, either uh, either Jeff Landry's uh, the attorney general office, and also the sheriff department. Mm-hmm. Nothing was done. Nothing. Gotcha. And well, I'm, right, I'm sick and tired. Matter of fact, I got 10 customers here that moved completely out of the state because of these taxes that John Bad Elwood got going on right now. Wow. Yeah, that we have and seen I'm, a problem with that. I'm about to leave, too. I'm about to move out, too. I understand. Ronald, thank you very much for calling in. I appreciate hearing your voice on here. Thank you. Yes, yes sir. Thank you. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines real quick. Hi. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? I sure hope uh, Ronald gets his issues fixed, but he, if he's trying to compare Jeff Landry to John Bell Edwards, I think he might need to look into candidates a little bit better before he kind of makes some of those statements. But look, it's America, so he can say whatever he wants. Anything that John Bell Edwards has st- stood for, Jeff Landry has stood in pretty much stark, total opposite. Now, I'm not saying that's who I would vote for, but you do have a candidate that did own a business has employed people, understand that the bread and butter of Louisiana has left, which is the oil field, thanks to John Bell Edwards. So that's one thing that Jeff Landry does have going for him. So the deal that you said about the the five other candidates, I do think that's kind of absurd. But, you know, once again, anybody could run. Mm -hmm. Before I go, I got cut off yesterday because I called you because your guest you had on the line yesterday. (laughs) For For them to say that Kamala Harris... And Pete Buttigieg, now look, if someone's doing a good job, I don't care if they're Republican, Democrat, independent, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But for, for someone like that to sit there and say that, it really shows you that the Democrat base is so based, they won't call a spade a spade. I'm a Republican. I, I'm kind of independent, but but I would call out a Republican in a heartbeat. <laughs> but it was just really funny to listen to your you know, you had that guy on there, and I assume maybe I'm not shouldn't be assuming that he's a guy, but 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 it was very strange to listen to them him calling Kamala the darling of the party and Pete Buttigieg the next up and comer. I'm like, wow, that yeah. was amazing. That's actually kind of scary. Yeah, and and I'm you know I'm not going to talk about Stephen behind his back. He and I are uh, opposed ideologically, but I like having him because we can have these conversations. I wanted to let him. Say his piece. I'm not going to sit here and bring in a guest and argue with him the whole time. But 
I, I agree with you, and, and you've listened to the show. You know my feelings on Pete Buttigieg and, Kam- and Kamala Harris. I think bumps on a log are probably a little more effective at governance than they are. But, I mean, also consider that the Republican Party, I'm, I'm sorry, the Democratic Party, that's really their bench. Um, and so what you're looking at people who are in the Biden administration, and if Biden doesn't run or, you know, he runs and let's, you know, God forbid he wins in 2024 and, and in 2028 they're looking for a replacement, that's who they got. So on the one hand, I can understand, you know, being a Democratic strategist and, and talking up the, the Democrats and who's out there. But at the same time, I feel also kind of bad that that that's their hope. That's their next hope would be Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg. But um, I'm sorry for well, cut. I'm sorry for cutting you off yesterday. We were we were getting close to the end. I wanted to make sure you had his, his chance I, to say. I, I know. I know. It's OK. It's a show. I, I get it. I don't I mean, I get it. But the one thing that I would like to see in politicians is more of a business sense. I'd like to see politicians, whether it's Democrat or Republican, independent, people that have actually been in the private sector, Mm -hmm. understand taxes, understand employees, understand workman's comp, understand all the things that actually drive a business and make it successful or fail. And, you know, the the people that are out there working for these businesses, it it really kind of, we don't have that anymore. We've got like lifetime politicians and mm-hmm. you know if you have a lifetime politician well then you're going to have politics as usual because that's their game yeah you know and look I, I don't like some of the things that trump did but trump was a businessman so trump understood money yeah Whether sometimes he made it sometimes he lost it he did understand the, the nest of snakes to go out and make money and that's one thing we need is someone in louisiana that is a strong business-minded man or woman doesn't matter if we don't have that we're doomed you're absolutely right. Thank you very much for the call. Unfortunately, that puts us right up against the clock. Thank you all for calling in. Love having you all call in. I'm going to get to the ESG stuff tomorrow. I figured I'd run out of time. Uh, thank you, Stephen Waggispack. But anyway, you guys have a great day. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Sign up for stuff for my Substack where you can get the podcast of the show, my daily writings, everything like that. JoeCunninghamShow.substack.com. Talk to you guys again in 23 hours. In the meantime, Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.